You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. This morning, I want to you to turn to two places. I want you to please turn to 1 Samuel 17 and then Hebrews 12. 1 Samuel 17 and Hebrews 12. We are continuing our series through Christ in the Old Testament, taking those people that we know about, some we didn't know much about at all, and seeing how we see Christ through them. And today... We are going to look at the classic story that you have all probably grown up with of David and Goliath. So find 1 Samuel 17, the battle between David and Goliath in Mark Hebrews 12. But have you ever found yourself in need of courage? It's a story we would often look to. It's a story of of courage. And Courage is something I think at times we could all use more of. Something happens, and today I want to answer two questions quickly. What is courage, and where do you get it? So, what is courage? You know, I've often looked at courage as something like this. It's somebody just busting into a building or a room to just rescue someone. The man, that person there has courage. But I mean, what if that person busting into that room is none other than like, I don't know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold Schwarzenegger or Liam Neeson. And these guys come busting into the room that they have better martial arts skills. They can do that splits thing with the chairs. Uh, Or they come in with, you know, Arnold carrying more weapons, you know, than anybody else could. How is it that's really Courage. I mean, they have the advantage. Well, it was growing up, my favorite guy of all time was Indiana Jones. I mean, I was an Indiana Jones freak. And the thing about Indiana Jones, what I loved about this guy when I realized, oh, that's why I like him, is because I could relate to him. He was clumsy. He was definitely not the smartest. He was very awkward, but he always seemed to save the day. But he was just an ordinary guy. He was this professor. It wasn't like he went through any kind of alter ego to become a superhero. He was just a normal guy. And you know what? He had one fear. You know what Indiana Jones was more afraid of than anything? Snakes. And so I'm like, okay, that's a guy I can relate to. Because he seemed to have a fear, but he was always the one that could come and still save the day. So this is what courage is not. Courage is not the absence of of fear. Because you think, oh, that guy busting out in the room, man, he isn't afraid of anything. Well, that's not courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not acting once you get to remove all your fears and you've worked through all that. But this is what courage is. Courage is being able to do the right thing regardless of the danger or the consequences. When there's danger and there's consequences, when you can still do the right thing in face of all of that, that is courage. Man, I think there's probably no better example in Daniel 3 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, they were, everyone was to pray and they would not bow down to the king. And 
they were threatened to be thrown into the fiery furnace if they didn't. And you read this, it says in Daniel 3, If this be so, our God, they're about to be thrown into the fire, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. They believe that. But then it says, And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God or worship the golden image that you have set up. So even through their fears, they were able to do the right thing. So courage is being able to do the right thing regardless of the danger or the consequences. And if that's the definition, then where does it come from and how do you get courage. Do you just go and find it? Does it just come natural? Are you born with it? Or do you have to do something? How do you get this courage? Well, I, you may not know this about me, especially if you're new, but, but I'm, I'm a perfect parent. And I know, I know what you're thinking. Yes, it is hard to always be perfect and to always do the right thing. So the other day, uh, Marcus, he's here today. I told him I was going to talk about him today. I knew one pastor that paid his children every time that uh, he used him as an example. So uh, Ross Strader owes Marcus some money today. Um, Marcus, it's late at night. And I know it seems like that's when the fears rise. And he's afraid of something. I don't know if it was could have been anything he saw on TV. I mean, his mom lets him watch rated R movies and that sort of stuff. Uh, could have been something in the closet, something in the bed. Who, it could have been a shadow on the wall. So he's scared. So I'll let you in. Here's what you do when they're scared. When you're scared and they don't really know what to do, you look your child right in the eye and you say, Marcus, you just need to be brave and get some courage. Now, I mean, can't you see? I mean, he was like, okay, well, then that's just what I'll do. And, um, but you can see that's not helpful at all because he doesn't have it. He is afraid of something. And so courage is being able to do the right thing regardless of the danger or the circumstances. So this morning, I want us to see really where courage comes from, from this great example of David and Goliath. Now, in the past, I have taught this story this way, and I want you to know I've confessed it. It was wrong. I've taken the story, and what I would do, I would say, David is a great example for us to follow. And I, I would show you how courageous and, and brave uh, David was, and I would paint this picture of Goliath. And I would ask you, uh, what are you afraid of? And I would paint that picture to be that Goliath. And that I would try to, I don't know, inspire people to just, just face their giants. Treating people like I was my six-year-old. You just need to be brave. You just need to have more courage. What I realize is that even my own life is how unhelpful that really is. And it is not as simple as just getting more courage and, and simply being braver. So this morning with David, uh, I want us to see a missing courage. I want us to see a counterfeit courage and true courage. You're there in 1 Samuel 17, and this is the setup. There's a battle. And on one side of the battle, there's the Israelites. And then there's this big valley, the valley of death, kind of no man's land. And then you have the Philistines. And they're sitting there waiting for someone to make the first move. And out of the Philistines steps this figure. His shadow is big. It, it casts all over that valley. And he steps down into the valley of death. 
And he comes out as the representative for all the Philistines, and he challenges an Israelite to come on. Just come down in here and fight me, and this is what we'll do. Whoever wins, the losers to death would be the battle. The, the loser, the, the people who are on either side, they become the slaves of the winner. You pick your best guy, I'm going to come out, we fight to the end, and winner takes all. Whoever loses that nation becomes the slaves of the others. So let me show you the missing curse. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. So David has come in. His father told him to bring some food to his brothers. He's out watching the sheep. And it says in verse 32, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And to read those words, let... No man's heart fell. A heart failing or losing heart was to have no courage or to lose your courage. And David, a young shepherd, is coming to the king of Israel. And he says, why are you losing heart over this man? And so what you see from the king, the one that was to lead the children of Israel, you see absolutely no courage. He is not willing to do the right thing. Because the costs are too great. The dangers, the circumstances are too much. Saul's looking at Goliath. and His fears turn him away. So that's our non-courage, the false courage. But look at verse 32. Notice what Saul says to David. And Saul said to David, Are you not able to go up against this Philistine and fight with him? For you are just young. You're a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. So not only is Saul not willing to go out and to represent his people, he is trying to show David that no one stands a chance against Goliath, especially him. Saul is trying to discourage anyone because of his lack of courage. Even this young man, he's trying to say, you don't stand a chance. But what is strange is that this big king has no courage. But this young shepherd seems to have it. So if he has it, then where does it come from? Well, you're going to see the next two things. You're going to see a counterfeit courage, and it comes from what is outside. And this is Goliath. Look at verse 4. And there came out of the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in span, a little over eight feet. He had a helmet of bronze on his head. And he was armed with a coat of mail, of metal that was covering him. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield bearer went down with him. So Goliath is looking at himself and he's got confidence in three things. One, it's his physical appearance. He's tall, he's muscular, and he finds comfort and confidence in who he is physically. Well, then he's also putting his confidence in that he's kind of high tech. In fact, he's got the latest armor, and he has the the biggest weapons, and he's putting his trust in that, that his confidence is in all the gadgets that he has. But then his courage also comes from just his self-esteem. He is somebody 
He is someone who thinks much of himself. And he has probably had previous battles that he's won. It says that he was a warrior from, from when he was young. I'm assuming he's been undefeated because he's still alive. And he is probably telling him people all day long, telling him how great he is. And Goliath finds confidence in his own eyes. But you know the rest of the story. It catches Goliath off guard. Begin with me in verse 34. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep sheep with his father. And when there was a lion or a bear, and he took a lamb of the flock... And I went after him, and I struck him, and delivered him out of his mouth. And he rose up against me, and I caught him by his beard, and I struck him, and I killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has uh, defied the enemies of the living God. I mean, his God has been offended. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David in his armor, and he put on the helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David uh, strapped his sword over his armor, and he tried to go, but in vain, because he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot do this. I cannot go with these. I have not tested them. So David took them off. Verse 40. Then he took off uh, his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came nearer to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and he saw David, he disdained him. For he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you have come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beast of the sea. Then David, David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and with spear and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead body of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all the assembly may know the Lord saves with no sword or spear. For the battle of the Lord's. And he will give you into your hand when the Philistine rose and came and draw near to meet David. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, took out the stone and slung it, and struck the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell on his face to the ground. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone. And he struck the Philistine and killed him. And there was no sword in David's hand. When Goliath looked at David... There was absolutely no danger. There were no consequences. 
In Saul, we saw an absence of courage. In Goliath, we see a counterfeit or a false courage that failed him. But in this young shepherd, what we are seeing is true courage. Saul had fears and he ran. Goliath had absolutely no fears and he charges in. But we see something different with this young shepherd. We see courage not in the absence of fear, but courage being able to do the right thing regardless of the danger or the consequences. So where does this true courage come from? Because Saul didn't have it. Goliath came and it was in his physical size, in his armor, and his weapons, and his own self-esteem. But notice in verse 45 where David's comes from. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You know, I could stop and I could say, you know what? Whatever your greatest fears, just, just have faith like this David. The problem is, is that's not really helpful. You can't just create more faith in yourself. Because then you're just becoming more like Goliath and we become our own source of power and faith and courage. So where does it come? So here's what we do. Don't see yourself as David. Do not put yourself in David's shoes. Do you know where you and I are in this story? You are in the, and I are the ones that are standing and watching David from the hill. We're the ones that David is going to represent. You and I are the cowards standing back, ready to run if this doesn't go well. So the point of the story is not, hey, just be more like David, because it doesn't help us. The point of the story is not just, just to give us a good example to follow. But here's the point of the story of David and Goliath. The point of the story is that you need someone to help you in the face of your fears. You see, here's what David does. David does not go to the Israelites and give them some pep talk like in the movie Braveheart and then lead the charge to the enemy. David goes down and he goes into battle and he fights for them. You know, God doesn't save us by giving us a good example to follow. No, God saves us by sending someone to defeat the enemy for us, just like David did. You and I don't gain more courage by just having more confidence in ourselves. No, we gain more courage by trusting in the one who went and fought the battle for us. Then, and only then, are you able at all to have courage, which is able to do the right thing regardless of the dangers or circumstances. So before I tie it to the one of true courage, let me ask you to think about your own life. Where would you say, if we sit down over a cup of coffee and I said, hey, where, where are you losing heart? Where do you see yourself being more like Saul in the Israelites? You know, courage is facing your heart's greatest nightmare and being able to do the right thing anyway. It's not the absence of fear. It's being able to do the right thing in the regardless of the danger or the consequences. So I'd say, what are you 
most afraid of? I know what my top things would be. You know, I think a lot of times we're afraid of losing people's respect. We're afraid of losing people's approval. We're afraid of failing, so we just don't try. Well, I would sit down and ask you, are you afraid of admitting you're wrong? Because you're afraid about what might happen when you realize you're not perfect. Are you afraid of praying with your spouse because of what they might think? Are you afraid of admitting that you have misused money because of the potential consequences? Are you afraid to acknowledge your insecurities because of what other people might think and might judge you for? Are you afraid of confessing your sins because you're afraid about losing people's respect? What is your greatest fear? So let me show us how we can have courage in the face of these fears. And I want to tie it to the one that we look to. So here's your similarities. One, David was weak. Goliath was not threatened by him at all. And he was caught completely off guard. But you know who else was weak was Jesus. Jesus was weak before mankind. David was a substitute for his people. He went in to battle. Jesus is a substitute that every single sinner, and he takes our place on the cross. David was the one that went and represented all of Israel and defeated Goliath by walking down into that valley of death. Jesus represents us and defeats the enemy of sin and death because he walked down into the ultimate valley of death. David was just not fighting for them. David was fighting as them. Jesus doesn't just live for us, but he lived as if it was us. So when David won, you know what happened to Israel? Israel won. And when Jesus won, we won. You know what? You and I no longer have to run away from our fears. We no longer have to hide from our insecurities and our imperfections and our mistakes and our sin. Because we have nothing else to fear because Jesus went into that ultimate valley of death for us. You know, Jesus, he becomes our ultimate champion just like David was to Israel. Jesus came and he lived and he died not just for us, but as us. Because Jesus' victory becomes our victory. And what we need, and let me show you now that verse in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, it follows that great faith chapter of chapter 11 where we've got that just hall of faith, people after people. But in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 12, this is how it reads. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that was set before us. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, For who by the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I want you to look. I want you to look at that word author. Look at it. That word author translates to champion. So now let me reread chapter 2 or verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the champion. Of our faith. 
You know, we can have courage because Jesus is our champion of our faith. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we have much to be thankful for. Thankful so much for Pastor Deo and the work that he does in Rwanda that we get to be thousands of miles away and we get to be a part of that. I'm so thankful for people that will sacrifice to go and people that will sacrifice to send. And so, Father, we pray for them this morning. We pray for their church that they're already uh, becoming, uh, finishing up with their services. They're already done. But, Father, we, we pray for them today, wherever they might be, that your faith would grow. And so, Father, this morning is wherever we might be sitting. That we've probably tried a lot of things and we have a lot of fears. We have insecurities, we have times that we have failed. We may even have something we do not want to admit because we're afraid of what happened. But Father, what you have showed us in this example today, that courage is being able to do the right thing regardless of the dangers or the circumstances. And I pray that you would cause us to be that type of people, that we would be courageous. Because oftentimes we are like Goliath, and we are just trying to do it on our own. But the only way we could ever face any danger, any circumstance, the only way we can even face the sinfulness of ourselves is because there was a champion that went into the ultimate valley of death for us. And it is him who came and lived for us and lived as us. He died for us and he died as us. And Father, that is the only way we can have courage. And so it is in His name, the champion of our faith and the power of Your Spirit that lives in us. We pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at BethelBible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.